Hello, welcome back to the most dangerous podcast. How are you, James? I'm good, man. A lot better than I was. Yeah, you sound better. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, much more with it this week. So, uh, and plus, it's your week, which is always good for me. (laughs) Yeah, it's my week. You get to sit back, listen, and uh, throw your your odd wee comments in, and (laughs) yeah, Yeah. easy job. That's it. I love. I love this. Yeah, I love having the easy job. Uh, how's your week been? It's been okay. Yeah, I've, I've done quite I've done quite a bit this week actually. Been quite busy just with some some work to do and stuff like that. And um, but yeah, it's been been good. Yeah, how's I've got yours? a story. I've got a story actually. Go on. Um, so do you know how I'm a hotshot lawyer? Yeah. And how I you weren't going to admit that? Oh yeah, I wasn't. Oh, well, <laughs> it's out there now. So. Um, yeah, and I deal with all these hotshot clients. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. Um, so my um, the company I work for has a website, and mm-hmm. on that website you can contact me and ask me for general legal advice. You know, you click a button, you see these yeah. websites. So I received a message today from somebody who clicked that button, and it was from I'll, I'll read it to you. It was from Joe at Your Useless dot com <laughs> and then like one of the sections of the uh the, the sort of form that comes through to me yeah it says how it says how can james help and then in that it just says useless <laughs> <laughs> so I, i'm not sure what's happened there where along the line i've either really upset somebody and i don't know who it is because it says <laughs> joe at you know, some ran and the phone number is like oh seven loads of nines. Yeah. So either I've really upset somebody somewhere, or I've been like just trolled at work. Which, yeah, just yeah. just random, really, just isn't randomly it? Trolled. So you know when you go into like um, restaurants and it's like, oh, sign into our internet and put your email address. I, I always just put like bum at jobby dot com and stuff like that, and just yeah, random man. stuff because. As soon as you sign up for that, you just get bombarded with the emails. Yeah, I know, but it's, so. it's kind of a bit mad though, because like, I feel a bit. It, I'm not upset about it. Obviously, yeah. I'm like a grown man; it doesn't bother me. But I'm kind of, <laughs> I, I'm like, who's done this? Like, who? Who? <laughs> I feel targeted. Someone's actually taking the time taking to the time, yeah. tell you that you're useless. <laughs> yeah, I'm useless. Apparently, it's not Maybe. you're a knob or anything like that. It's it's useless. That that hurts, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, at first I thought it was like my partner because <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't done the dishes or something. So yeah. you know, she just go, oh fuck it, he's not done the dishes. I'll go on the company website and just mm-hmm. said that like, you're useless. It's, uh, it genuinely wasn't me. I can promise you that. <laughs> somebody thinks I'm used. I'm, ca- I've cam- I'm camping in somebody's head somewhere, <laughs> which kind of makes me a bit happy. Yeah. You know, some coward has kind of gone. You know, just say it to me. Just give me a ring. Yeah. Email me directly. Don't go on this. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, Fraser. Uh, so that's my little rant. Bit annoying. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Uh, what are we talking about today? We're still in Australia, aren't we? Still in so, Australia, yeah. yeah. God, it seems to go on forever. <laughs> this is ep- episode three. Wow, yeah, third, yeah. third in our series. So about 50% of the way through, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, as you've already mentioned, it's my turn tonight. So we're we're looking at another, what I've picked as dangerous part of our dangerous thing in Australia. And this one's actually very much real. 
Ah, uh, makes a change. Makes a yeah, change yeah. from your waffle. I know, I know. Oh, there's plenty, plenty of waffle. There's seven pages of waffle here. Um, so yeah, so what I've picked for this week is my dangerous thing in Australia is the outback. So it's actually Australia itself. Ah, interesting choice. So rather than going down like a particular plant like we did last week or animal, yeah. you've mm-hmm. gone for the actual place. Yeah, the the uh-huh. the outback. Uh, now, a, a lot of people, when they think of Australia, they think, you know, there's obviously Melbourne, Sydney, the big cities, and I think most people do know that there's a massive section of Australia that is just, it's known as the outback or the bush, or it's got different names, but it, it is just a big, open, vast space. Is it so, desert? It's, no, it's, it, 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 a lot of it's desert, um, mm. but there are there's sort of different parts that are... What what's called the outback actually covers seventy to seventy five percent of Australia, right? And some of what is the outback, it's more just the this sort of uninhabited part of Australia. Oh, so I always so, had this vision of it just like when you say the outback, it yeah. just makes me think of it's the deserty part of Australia. But it gets its name from ninety percent of people in Australia live on the coast, so the coast is out the front. And everything behind it's out in the back, and that became the the outback. So you know, they all live in the coast. There's the ocean, and that's outback. And it's it it has got there's 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 forests there. There's uh, there's there's woodlands. You talked about some of those uh, the rainforests you talked about are clusters in the outback, Uh, but a large proportion of it is just sort of desert. Not necessarily like Sahara Desert covered in sand, more like what you'd imagine, sort of Monument Valley in America, that kind of... Yeah, like rocky. Yeah, rocky. There are plants there and small pools and water and stuff. It's not just sand dunes, but still really desert sort of land. Yeah, I always like places like that remind me of the surface of Mars. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like barren, rocky. Well, I suppose there's plants and stuff. (laughs) But yeah, you Uh, know. There's not many of them. Yeah, that's um, the image that's in my head. Yeah, so uh, so basically the the outback covers five point six million kilometers squared. Now wow. I know that's hard to imagine, but that's that's, that's a big area. That's huge. It is. It is. Um, and the the Aboriginal people uh, they lived in the outback for at least fifty thousand years, and they actually occupied all of the outback regions. So they did live in these sort of desert areas and and so on uh, until. Yeah. Good the white man sorted it all out for yeah, him. No Euro- worries. Good old Europeans turned up, and yeah. uh, what are you living like this for? Yeah, uh, but a, a lot of the a lot of the outback is now officially owned by the the ab- Aboriginal 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 people. Right. Whatever. Uh, yeah, we'll go for that. Um, <laughs> Whatever. And <laughs> and the, the the lack of sort of industrial land use. Has uh, actually led to the outback being recognised globally as one of the largest remaining intact natural areas on Earth. Wow! Well, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a big area. I suppose it's, there's not much you can do with it. Is there? No, no, that's it. Unless you find oil, <laughs> something. Um, the the Great Western Woodlands in the south of the outback is actually an area larger than all of England and Wales put together. And it's the largest remaining temperate woodland left on Earth. That's just a big, what, a big forest? Yeah, basically, yeah. Biggest so like England and Wales. That's it. 
And this is what I was saying about Australia last week. I think I said that it, it's almost got everything there. It's got rainforests, but it's got normal woodlands. Well, I say normal wood, woodlands like we would have. It's got deserts. It's got snowy mountains. It's got it's got everything in this this one country. This amazing country full of it's just so fast things. isn't it like you, you think like you know at the top of it you're basically near the equator yeah yeah and at the bottom because it's so big you're not too far away from the south pole either no so it's just it. like you know absolutely just the contrast in in um, weather mm-hmm. or whatever weather or whatever um and so as, as far as roads go it's crisscrossed by some historic roads uh there's a couple of major highways that have got sort of bitumen surface uh, and but most of the other roads are are, are just dirt roads, uh, so it's not, you know, it's not even a place that's that's covered in infrastructure or anything like that. There are a couple of major roads, and and that's it really. Yeah, well, it would, um, yeah. Why would it? So you got like on the mm-hmm. one side, on the sort of east side, you know, mm-hmm. um, Sydney and all the rest of it, and then on the west side, yeah, some other cities. And then in the middle, <laughs> just like nothing. Air air transport is relied on. A lot of the, a lot of the mines and a lot of the farms and everything have actually just got their own airstrips and quite often their own planes. So there'd be a farmer that needs some shopping. He'll jump in his plane and fly to a, another oh, village yeah. because it's quicker and safer than trying to drive because there is just there's, there's just nothing there. Yeah, um, and the flying doctor. I'm sure that used to be like a BBC program. Yeah, the, well, fly, I was, the flying doctor. The flying doctor. Medical and ambulance services are provided by the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Yeah, so, yeah. There you oh. go. Uh, so if you phone phone in, you're in the middle of the outback, and you, you know, in it, there are little villages and towns there in the outback. Uh, they they don't necessarily have. There's not enough children to warrant a school or anything like that, and they actually do. They fly about because yeah. it's it's just so vast. I wonder if if you called an ambulance in the UK right now, mm-hmm. and a flying doctor took off from Australia, <laughs> which one, quicker, which one yeah. would get here quicker? <laughs> so yeah, all right, the outback. I can imagine it is quite dangerous because if you're stuck there, yeah. you're pretty fucked, aren't you? So go on then. That's because there's nothing there. Now, some of the dangers, uh, some of the first things that come up that are dangerous in the outback are snakes and spiders. But I'm not going to talk about them because. They could be a choice as a dangerous thing in Australia on their own. What I want to concentrate on is not the dangerous animals in the outback, is the outback itself. Uh, another one, another danger is crocodiles, and I laughed at that because I thought, imagine you're absolutely, you know, dying of thirst in the roasting heat of the outback, lost. You finally find water, and it's full of crocodiles. Oh yeah, <laughs> be a bit gutted, wouldn't you? You'd probably risk it then, wouldn't you? If you yeah, were that that's it. But something that came up that interests me is a heading that, you know, when you're looking at the dangerous things in an area, there's usually a couple of bullet points, and one of them was mad outback killers. I thought, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. It's a, yeah, a road to go down, I suppose. Yeah, and apparently, again, because it's so vast, the like you tend to get in these sort of vast uninhabited places are a couple of nutcases just living out there on their own doing their yeah. own thing but if if you imagine in the outback so you're backpacking in the outback and you meet a guy or a woman that is the only other person over 100 miles and they decide to kill you there's there's not a lot of chance of you getting help 
and there's probably quite little chance that anyone will ever actually find your body. Uh, so there's been quite quite a lot of sort of cases of of just murders in the outback, and people go there and they find remains, but they never actually know what happened to them and and stuff like that. So there are. I bet there's, I bet there's loads of weirdos around there, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Just kind of like definitely because you do hear it like on the news every now and then. Yeah, you know, like British backpacker went to Australia, was trekking around, disappeared, and and it's usually some psycho weirdo who just. Mm-hmm. Is, who lives out there or just knows the area well and just picked them up, drove out in some of the nowhere, yeah. bonked them on the head and then that's the end of that. Like, but yeah, That's exactly that. That's that's the sort of stories that I had a look uh, to see about some of these, these murders in the outback were pretty much all the same sort of story that you've told. Yeah, so, so there's the... the mad outback killers now i've got a couple of couple of interesting points uh have you ever seen the film wolf creek oh it sounds familiar that i'm sure i have i watch a lot of films basically it's about serial killers in the outback right and it was it was based on true events and uh it there were two sort of real life serial killers in australia that the film was kind of loosely based on uh one was um a chap called Ivan Milat in the 1990s, and another chap called Bradley Murdoch in 2001. Um, both of which the the director, or the the writer McLean, McLean used as his inspiration for the screenplay. So oh, there's right. actually been film made about how dangerous the the outback is with the the murderers. Yeah, there is loads of them, there, isn't there? Oh, there are. Yeah. You know, when you hit these, these news things, do come up on the, yeah. the UK news in Australia. It's always some dude from the outback, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> some psycho. Have you ever seen the film The Hills Have Eyes about this, like, weird, like, deformed family that murdered people? Uh, I think people you maybe and... watch it once, yeah. I think. Like, yeah. Is, is that Wes Craven, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his first, no, his first one was, like, The Last House on the Left. Yeah, I made it? you watch that as well. And... Yeah, you had a bit of a phase, didn't you? Wes yeah. Craven thing. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen The Hills of Eyes. I'm sure mm-hmm. they remade it as well. Quite they recently. did, and it's just about this proper, like, deformed, wonky family living in there. It's based in America, but imagine the Outback's full of these kind of random... <laughs> 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 you can't think that you can say that, though. What? You just to see what the people... No. <laughs> <laughs> imagine the Outback's full of these inbred weirdos that eat people and set them on fire. No, no can't but I don't that. even like think America's that's it's a fictional film, like, you know. They did nuclear testing in the middle of America. No, they never did they, they? Did. Yeah, they were blowing up bombs in the desert and stuff. Oh right, yeah. Um Oppenheimer, have you ever seen that? Yeah. Boring that one. I I'd never finished it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Case closed. Twice I've started watching that film and just yeah, woke up on the couch lost. drooling about three hours later. I didn't really get the hype. I think I need to see it again. Because yeah. like, I didn't really kind of get... At first I didn't know what it was about. It doesn't so really watched... explain anything, does it? Yeah, I went into it, into it blind. Because yeah. I didn't know who the guy was, really. And then like, Einstein was in it. So I was like, oh, I know him. Yeah. <laughs> And then it got to the end, I was like, well, I don't really understand what yeah. that was all about. So, so these, these killers the film was based on, I looked them up to see what they'd done. Uh, 
other than killing people. So Ivan Milat, uh, commonly referred to in media as the backpacker murderer, was an Australian serial killer who abducted, assaulted, robbed and murdered two men and five women in New South Wales between 1989 and 1992. Wow. Um, and his modus operandi was to approached backpackers along the Hume Highway under the guise of providing them transport to areas of New South Wales, then take his victims into the the Belanglo State Forest where he would incapacitate and murder them, having committed many other similar offences and murders around Australia. How many Seven, two men, five women. Oh, so he didn't just no, assault he, Yeah, he killed them. When you say all, assault, yeah. he meant like... Yeah, yeah killed him right and the the other um the other one the film is based on bradley murder is an australian criminal serving life imprisonment for the july 2001 murder of english backpacker peter falconio um and basically peter falconio and his his girlfriend they were stopped by this man uh who just shot dead mr falconio and then bound mrs mrs lee's his girlfriend's wrist with cable ties in an effort to abduct her but she managed to run off into the bush and hid for five hours while he hunted for her with his dog. Eventually, he drew, gave up and drove off with Falconio's body. And the, the outback. So, Crazy. it just shows you, you know, it's, there's just dangers out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a dangerous area. Because you, you, like, you, like, you literally get well, away with murder because it's it. so there's, there's no one for miles. So, there's, you know, because it's such a vast area, it's like you murder someone in your house, the forensics come in and they find little bits of hair and stuff like that. But the outback's so vast that they're not going to start scouring the whole outback for a piece of hair of evidence. And Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you, could, you, you could never be found. I mean, it's hard enough even in somewhere as small as yeah. Britain. You know, you've got serial killers who claim mm-hmm. they've killed people and buried them in fields. Uh, and their bodies have never been found. You know, and this is yeah. a small well, island. Bodies in the moors have never found, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, precisely, yeah. And the moors murders, there's a... Uh, I can't remember his name, like Keith something. Apologies. But yeah, he, he was ne- mm-hmm. has never been found, and that's just here. So if you've got some, such a vast, vast country, it's very easy, I would think, to dispose of... Yeah. A body, and I suppose that's just what for do, yeah. legal reasons. We're not suggesting it's a good place to go and murder someone if you were thinking about it. It's, you know, yeah, we're not. This well, we're not really giving. Kind of <laughs> we're not really giving. <laughs> it is a good place if, you, if well, that's yeah, your back. Like, not that's giving to go tips, in it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, but I'm just. No, we're not giving tips, but it is a good place to go and murder someone. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but James that is still to me not the dangerous thing about the outback it's pretty dangerous if you're backpacking Um, there's a lot of weirdos but the the real danger and this is why I wanted to do it is just the outback it's dangerous itself right Um, basically in the outback on average you are usually between 100 and 250 kilometers from the nearest shop or petrol station. Okay, that's quite, right. quite, quite a long way. So you, you think about that. Uh, you could be, let's say, in Anglesey, North Wales, 
And right. the nearest petrol station is Manchester. Oh shit, yeah, when you put it like that. Right. <laughs> but there's nothing in between you apart from desert. Yeah. So you <clears throat> what you've got to do is you've got to you've got to plan everything. So if you decide to drive across the outback and you break down, you're fucked. Because there's also no phone signal. There's no water, there's no food. So people that drive across the outback have to literally take survival kits with them. Bottles of water and food and shelter and stuff like that. Because as you well know, if you switch the engine off in your car in a sunny day, your car becomes a thousand degrees. Yeah, so I've just I've just done a Google map search. Yeah, on because I, I live in Manchester, as you know. Uh, so Anglesey to Manchester to walk it mm-hmm. takes one day and twelve hours, so one and a half days. <laughs> you know, and that is in UK weather. That's like walking say, non-stop. Uh, well, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. one hundred and two miles. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's. Mentions about sort of, sort of radiance, gradients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so straight walk, keep going, mm-hmm. day and a half yeah. in UK weather, which you know it might rain, so you get a bit of drinking water well, or yeah. whatever. You're talking about like full on desert, you know, forty degree heat. You ain't, you're not going to make that, yeah. are you? Exactly that. The daytime temperatures are around about the forty degree mark. Mm. Now forty degree in Britain. If we hit thirty, we're all going. Fuck! This is too. This is too hot. We're gonna have to go yeah, like, work. The, we can't work in this. No, and like the yeah. railway will start buckling. Yeah, the, yeah. The heat and stuff, and like the, the, the high, network, like high the, heels going to the tarmac and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cancer, the whole time, like, transport infrastructure just breaks down. That's like, it because it's thirty plus. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, that's so. It. Reading a wee article with this scientist, and he basically just said the biggest two factors are heat and dehydration. And he says that generally a person can survive for three days without water, but that's only under certain conditions, without mm. physical exertion or being exposed to too much heat in the direct sun. Now, if you're in the outback, you're trying to walk to civilization, there's physical exertion, and you're in direct sun and it's 40 degrees. You're done for. Um, yeah, in the, the unforgiving summer of the outback, the, the window for surviving without water might be as short as one day. So you could be dead within a day without water. Yeah, um, it's, uh, wow. And it says only with shade and minimal physical activity would a three-day survival in the outback be possible. So that, that leaves you in the situation that to get minimal activity and shade, you've got to stay in one place. But within three days, you're dead. So you've got to try and walk. And if you walk, you might only survive a day. But you could what be 200 the... kilometers away from anything. What are the nighttime temperatures? Well, the nighttime temperatures, because of the desert, particularly in the Australian winters, can drop way below freezing. Oh, right. So you... <laughs> it's like <laughs> one extreme to the yeah. other, yeah. That's it. So you've got to be trying, you know, you've got to be, have shelter and warmth at night. You've got to be shelter and try and stay cool during the day is it's, it's bloody dangerous yeah I, I did hear it's quite weird that you, you're doing this topic at the moment because mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a freak and I watch weird things on YouTube yeah. like, kind of like uh, the top five weirdest things that have ever happened and you know like weird kind of like stuff like that not the top ten letters of the alphabet <laughs> that's yours, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, Posted is that, that a couple that, of nights ago. That's your TikTok channel. Twelve thousand views that got. <laughs> One hundred eighty-seven comments. No, I, <laughs> no, I, like stuff like oh, the top 
wildest things. Yeah, yeah. Telling and stuff. Decent just stuff. stuff uh, just stuff to, it just piques my interest a little yeah. bit. And there was one that I was watching. I can't remember what channel it was even, but it, it was about Australia, mm-hmm. and it was about this this girl who was backpacking, and she'd gone and she'd met. You know, she'd gone on the trail. She was on her own. She was in a camper van. Yeah, and she'd gone around and met people. She got to a certain point, stopped off one place, and she had a bit of a party with other campers who were there. Mm-hmm. And she met two two fellas, and they had like a few drinks together. And like, oh, yeah. oh, nice to meet you. Yeah. End of the night, take it easy. And she went to bed in the back of a camper van. And she woke up like in the back, but mm-hmm. the, the camper van was moving. Right. And she was like, what's going on? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So she kind of like sort of put her head through the sort of glass bit like, yeah. what, what? and it was one of the guys that stole the camper van while she was in the back <laughs> they started driving yeah. <laughs> it's not funny this one honestly it's dead, <laughs> dead weird I don't even know it's not, it might not be true but apparently mm-hmm. it's like, like a reddit story or something and this guy was just like driving and like his mate was driving in the car behind her right and they just getting, she was like stop get out I want to get out mm-hmm. and they were like well, and she couldn't because there was no way of getting yeah. to the front and the back and they drove her all the way to the outback until there was no petrol left. Right. Got out, the guy got out the van, mm-hmm. got in his mate's car, they drove off and just left her there. Just left her? Yeah, yeah. And it was only by chance. So she thought, I can either stay and hope someone finds me or I'd just take a chance and just yeah. hit, hit the dirt road that they've been on. So she took a chance and it was purely by chance that somebody found it like someone just was, was happened to be on the road at the same okay. time like maybe a, like a half a day or a day later yeah so, yeah like you know so that kind of com- combines the two the psycho elements yeah. the psyches out there and then the the, the risk of the, the outback what what i don't get about that is they've not really done anything now i'm not condoning murder and stuff like that but there's obviously psycho and pervy reasons that people take someone's lives and you know and particularly two guys with a girl there's obviously a lot of you know sinister stuff that that would you know you'd think might happen and stuff yeah, like that yeah from what i understand if it's nothing like that it's yeah. just just psychos to just, just take her out and leave her there it's almost like done for a laugh but a really sick joke yeah but, but pointless like, i don't the, get it i don't get what the yeah, it's motive just, just, is just, just weirdos yeah. and like at the end of the story she was kind of like well, yeah, I was lucky, and someone yeah. found me, you know, and I, and I managed to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she was kind of like really like she found it. It was like she was in a coma, and like you had to put her into yeah, a, yeah. a coma and get like nutrients into her and stuff. Yeah. And like at the end of the story, she was like kind of ha- they they must have done it to other people. It's not like they've just done it, yeah, like to me. That there's a, that there's been other instances mm-hmm. where that's happened. So yeah. Scary place, mad, yeah. But it's like if I took you and dropped you on the Brecon Beacons, you'd you'd just walk to the nearest village. It would take you a few hours or something like that. But like this is like you says days. Yeah, like you do. You've got and like you don't even know which way is the best way. You don't even know which way is north. Like you know. So that's it. A petrol station could be fifty kilometers that way. And you decide to walk that way, and yeah, two hundred, two hundred, yeah, yeah. You're fucked. So you just have no idea. So it's just so vast. Mm. And yeah, 
Um, That's incredible. Basically, the the main advice is if you, you know, if a couple of fellas drop you off in the outback in your camper van, you've got no fuel. The the key advice and the the only real survival tip is to actually look for a fence. Ah, uh, right. That's because what they say is. Uh, there's massive sections of the outbacks that are owned by farmers that are still hundreds of square kilometers, hundreds, yeah, hundreds of square kilometers. Uh, but the the farmers do regular checks on their fences. So yeah. if you find a fence and just keep walking along the fence, that's your best chance of survival. That a farmer might be out in his little airplane, flying around his land, checking his fence and and see you. That that is. <laughs> It's funny because, like, in, in my mind, when you're like saying, Oh, a farmer goes out and checks his fence, yeah. I was like, Oh, it's just doing the patrols, walking about. Yeah, then you said, Oh, he's playing. I was like, Fucking hell, yeah, of course, because it's so massive. Like, yeah, well, I mean, the biggest fence in the world is in Australia, it goes all the way from north, the top of Australia, right down to the bottom. Uh, it's the, the ding, dingo fence. Uh, have, you, have you spoke about this before, or is it something we discussed in private? I don't know if we discussed it in private, but it's I, like this I is can't. What we talk about in private. Yeah. Heard about this fence? <laughs> <laughs> but we—I'll be honest—I haven't got any information on it in front of me. Um, uh, I did, I think, when we talked about it. But, but yeah. So, so there's these massive—they're not like fields; it's just massive areas of land that the farmers will have thousands of animals. But they they do they patrol the fences, but they'll it'll be a case of literally you know out in a plane or something. Yeah, like wow. Yeah, and then it's they'll say, "There's a woman down there trying really. to cut a hole in my fence," and then they'll shoot her. <laughs> um, so. Off my land. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, so it's a dangerous place. Um, I did. I looked up a story to see. There was, like you said, there's hundreds of stories of people that have been killed and gone out into the outback and disappeared. Uh, there was one that I just I thought I thought was interesting. What it, it, his his reason on how he got out there made me laugh because apparently every time he's told the story, the reason he's been stuck in the outbacks changed. So <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to know the real reason he was there. Uh, but there was a chap called Ricky McGee. And he sounds like a pop star, Ricky McGee, yeah, or or yeah. a wizard, not a wizard, <laughs> um, magician, magician, yeah, Ricky McGee, wasn't it Debbie McGee? Paul, Debbie McGee, that's Paul what I was Daniels, that. yeah, 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 yeah. wee woman, she was his wife, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Ricky McGee, uh, it basically says he's it's never been established how he ended up in this situation in the first place, but he survived for seventy one days traveling across the Australian outback. With no food, equipment, or even shoes. Uh, but like why I said, didn't have, why didn't he have his shoes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I get like the equipment, yeah. and food, but, like I well. don't know. Maybe after like the first couple of days, he wore them out or something, and well, he's got shit shoes. Then that, that's yeah. poor life choices, isn't it? Like it you is, go to the yeah, outback yeah. and you've got like crap shoes that they fall apart after three days. I know. Well, it's on him that I think. Uh, so yeah, so Ricky, Ricky McGee. Uh, Debbie McGee's night. And uh, so basically, there's a couple of different stories. Uh, one of them's about uh, how he picked up an Aboriginal hitchhiker along the road who must have drugged his drink at some point, with him waking up hours later in the middle of nowhere with dingoes scratching at him. Mm. So that's one of his. The the other one that. Blaming it on the Aborigines. I know, yeah, that's it. Yeah, some Aboriginal racist, fella. Yeah. 
knocking about. Talking about dingoes, did, yeah. did you hear about the? Um, this is from like the eighties, and I'm mm-hmm. sure they made a film about it, about the uh, the baby that got stolen by dingoes. I I I know of the story, but know nothing about it. I've uh, heard the phrase "the dingo baby." That yeah, that I've yeah, definitely heard in my life, but I don't know what it is. I mean, I it was there like is a film about it. I mean, a dingo or something. Yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail, but yeah. um, it was a little girl. She was three months old, right? Uh, called Azaria Chamberlain, uh, and they went. Her and her family went camping. As far as, as if I remember the film, it was like at Ayers Rock, so it was kind of like in the middle, yeah, of, yeah, middle of nowhere. They camped one night, and then when the family woke up in the morning, like the baby had gone. So right. the authorities obviously went a bit mad because it's not good that a three-year-old baby's gone missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never found her, but they accused the mother of, of killing her, right. and the mother and the mother went to prison for three or four years, I think, mm-hmm. for murder. And then it transpired that they, that they fa- ended up finding some clothing of the baby right, around a, near to like a dingo nest. What, mm-hmm. what is it? Like a, whatever you call it. Like a den or something. A den, like yeah, it could be a nest. Like, yeah. like the insects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, a den. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then DNA testing developed and stuff. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out, it, it, yeah, this little child was nabbed by a dingo in the middle of the night. Got uneaten. Well, the body was never found, so you can uh, assume they are kind of wild dogs, aren't they? Yeah, right. I thought it was going to be like a Jungle Book story you were going to tell me there, where like the kid was like running about like a dingo or something. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. So she was just eaten. Eaten. Well, nobody really knows, but I mean, who knows? In like ten years, it might be like a dingo. Yeah, true, true. Dingo girl. You never know. I don't think so. <laughs> um. Oh, there was something I was gonna say. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Ayers Rock there. That actually did come up as as a place where quite a lot of people die. In the oh, really? Park. Yeah, people. Because that's a bit of a tourist trap, isn't it? It is, and there's there's like people don't realise just how extreme like the heat and stuff like that is there and they go and try and climb it and have heart attacks and stuff yeah. like that. That did did come up. But that's Ayers Rock. That's not the outback to me. This is the outback. I don't think you're I don't think you're allowed to climb it anymore. I'm sure I read that I'm sure it's like kind of um because it's getting sort of um oh, what's the word for it? Like it's like crumbling now. Yeah, like you know, it's it's it looks like it's sand. It might not be sandstone. Yeah. Some a particular type of stone where it's getting ruined by people uh, clambering all over it. So I might be completely wrong. Who people knows? People do ruin it. Like we talked about in Everest, they t- you know it's just covered in rubbish and dead bodies and stuff. And we just yeah. humans just go and ruin stuff, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so one of his other tales, one of his other claims, is that he he stopped to help three men who had run out of gas. That's petrol over here, but was set upon when he got out and knocked unconscious he says he stole his truck and his shoes is this this mcgee fella yeah the same guy yeah this is ricky mcgee this is this is one of his other stories as to so why his first was story there. was that he got done over by an aborigine fella aborigine fella yeah and then his second story is that he stopped to help three men who had run out of petrol uh, but they set upon him knocked him unconscious and he said that they stole his truck and his shoes and abandoned him in a shallow grave in the desert, though they were kind enough to leave him with twelve dollars. 
<laughs> just, <laughs> just, yeah, just in case he needs it for yeah. what? Pay for to bottle. get into heaven. <laughs> or hell. Or hell, yeah. I think you get in there free. I definitely, I definitely will do. Yeah. Yeah. But what's, what's the point in him changing his story? I don't know. It just says every time someone asks him, he tells a different story. So it was obviously up to something, you know, out shagging some woman or something. She <laughs> ran away on him or something like that. Did you did you hear this? Shoes. <laughs> did you hear the story about the guy that was he worked in the twin towers, and the aeroplanes hit them. And his wife phoned him to see if he was okay. And he was like, yeah, I'm grand. Why? I'm just sitting in my office now. And she's like, but there's a plane just flowing into your office. And he was in a nearby hotel shagging his secretary. Oh, shit. But like, yeah, which which was, I mean, it worked out well from the end because he did didn't, it, though. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> but like, I mean, where would you rather be? In the Twin Towers or going home yeah. that night to his wife? <laughs> Ricky McGee. So whatever whatever reason, basically, he, he got in the desert, in the outback. He was there. And uh, basically had nothing of any use, so he just had to start walking. And uh, over 70 days, he travelled across the hot Australian outback, not knowing whether he'd reach safety, you know, if he ever would. Uh, but luckily for him, it was the middle of the wet season. So it was the, you know, probably the best time of the year to be to be doing this sort of thing. He claims to have come across numerous puddles and water and holes, and at one point he found a large dam where he stayed for a day to fully rehydrate, because, like we said before, during the day it can get as hot as 40 degrees. Yeah. Um, it, if he'd have been stranded any other time of the year, they reckon he just, just wouldn't have made it. Uh, whilst he was at the dam, he claims to have uh, survived by eating leeches. Ew, like yeah. basically slugs. I know, you'd have to really chew them up so they didn't stick on you on the inside like that. Oh, you're that desperate though. Bit. You know, like when your kids say, I'm starving. Yeah, no, you're not. If you were starving, you'd be crying. Yeah. Chever, when you were young, you say, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to eat that, mum. They're starving kids in Africa. Fucking send it them then. Yeah. <laughs> stick it yeah. in a fucking chew box. Yeah, apparently he claim, claims to have come across the occasional edible plant, but for the most part, is food source consisted of ants and insects and sometimes small reptiles. Uh, so there's one point in Ricky's journey where he talks about how he developed an abscess under one of his teeth. And uh, basically... <laughs> Who's this guy? Who Who is this guy, right? Like, I, I don't... I don't. Can we just... Can I just get a bit more context? Yeah. Ricky McGee. Ricky McGee. A guy who got lost in the outback yeah. for 70 odd days. Mm-hmm. And when people ask him what happened, he just completely changes his story each Different time. Story, yeah. Why? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I think I think he wasn't lost in the outback at all. I think he's seen Castaway, right, and just basically told a similar story. I just don't get it. Go on then, tell me about his version of events when he got an abscess in his okay. teeth. So he developed an abscess on the one of his teeth and fearing that it could get infected and possibly become fatal, he prized it out his mouth using his car keys. <laughs> now, the first thing I thought was, why has he still got his fucking car keys? Why? <laughs> I hate having my car keys in my pocket. That's the first thing I take out of my pocket as soon as I can. It's a good job he did, though, to get his tooth out. It sounds I don't like a bit... believe 
that I don't believe anything he ever he says. <laughs> I don't believe I've had teeth pulled out, right? And the dentist was like kneeling on my chest with pliers in my mouth and stuff like that. And he knocked this tooth out with a car key. Now, the reason I mentioned Castaway is that he gets an abscess in his tooth, doesn't he? And he has oh, to yeah. knock it out with an, an ice skate and a big rock. Horrendous stuff. Good film, uh, though. Good film, yeah. But that's just a movie. Can you imagine prizing a tooth out with a car key? If you're that desperate, I mm. suppose you would. Like, if it's that painful. Yeah. I guess you would, but I mean... It just all seems a bit weird because what's is it? Did he get a film deal out of it? He's book? written a book. I saw his book on uh, Amazon. Okay, yeah. so did it, is it is it like published and stuff, or is it one of those ones that's self-published? I or? think it's published. It looked pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds a bit weird. I know. So after seventy-one days of eating bugs and drinking puddles, he ran into some animal herders. Maybe he followed a fence. And uh, they arranged for him to be flown to a nearby hospital. Now, again, these some of these things don't add up. It basically says that before the incident, his weight was two hundred and thirty pounds, and when he arrived at the hospital, his weight was one hundred and five pounds. He'd lost more than half of his body weight. But it says, apart from being seriously malnourished and sunburned, he was able to main, remain well hydrated throughout his ordeal and didn't require any serious medical attention. So. I mean, he's done well, but, you know, when you read the other sort of professor's reports and stuff, it's like, yeah, you won't survive 24 hours in the outback without water and stuff like that. He drink his own piss like Bear Grylls. Yeah. I did read a story about a boy that survived on his contact lens solution in the outback and basically had a load of disposable contact lenses. So he just opened the little packets and sucked the, the little solution out, which is... Which I think is just like saline water or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. Oh. I, I wore contact lenses for a while. It's just slightly salty water. So it's, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he survived on his and his own piss. Yeah, yeah. it's all about drinking his piss. His own piss. So yeah, so that I mean that's that's my my bit about the outback. There's right. there's. Uh, it's so dangerous that there were so many stories about people dying in the outback that it would have been here all night if I started telling you. Well, it feels like that's, I've been. That's how, yeah, I know. <laughs> but that, that's just how dangerous it was. There was a story about a Japanese girl that someone put in a soundproofed chamber out in the outback and basically went out to visit her to torture her and stuff and and give her, you know, some survival stuff and then disappear off and then he'd go back and do it again and stuff like that and yeah because it's so vast that you, you you could literally do that you could have your own little secret place and no one would probably stumble across it yeah we don't need to worry about that though because we're never going to australia no no it's full of dangerous things right okay well that's uh yeah. It's it's interesting. There's so, it's so vast. There's so many stories. It's it's uh, you know it's hard to to kind of get everything in, into just one. What what I wanted to focus on really, um, and I don't know if this came across, is that it's not the snakes, the spiders, the crocodiles, the murderers, or anything like that. It's just it's if someone lifted you like on roller coaster tycoon. And dropped you in the middle of the outback. Chances are you're dead. Yeah, 
That's it. With nothing killing you other than the outback itself, the weather and the dryness. And yeah, yeah. that's it. The outbacks. Just the in the middle of the, yeah, like the desert. Yeah. Well, not the desert, but yeah, you'd, similar to it to the desert. Yeah. You'd do well to get a lethal spider bite because that would be better than dying of thirst. That'd finish you off quicker yeah, yeah. than having to go through the pain so and the endurance. It's it's that specific thing that just being in the outback is deadly, deadly dangerous. That's what I wanted to get at. Scary. Mm. I, yeah, again, I'm just not going. I just don't want to be there. No, no I know. Um, I don't think if someone put me in the middle of a farmer's field in the UK, I could walk to the edge these days. Without <laughs> just, 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 lie, just lie down. Yeah, it's over. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the time about my dad when he was driving to a customer's house, big posh customer, and uh, he needed he needed to go to the toilet, needed to have a poo, and this was like a like a billionaire's house out in Knotsford. Right, and he thought I can't, I can't go there. So he pulled over. Do you know where like um, Manly Mere is? Uh, not really. But it's around Tatton Park and all that. He pulled oh, over. Yeah. Okay. It's old yeah. farmer's yeah. field and stuff. Pulled over a little lay-by. Climbed over a hedge into this field and took some pledge wipes that he had in the car for like doing the dashboard. So he's like squatting, having a shit in this field. And he starts hearing this. And over the hill in the field, this tractor comes with a farmer in it. And he's there squatting, having a shite. And the farmer stopped the tractor and jumped out. Hey, hey, you can't have a shit in my field. Started chasing him. He had to like run and like vault the hedge whilst wiping his ass with these pledge wipes and stuff. <laughs> well, going off last week's episode, pledge wipes probably d- didn't do his ass. Yeah, he was better than better than bleach. But yeah, five minutes later, he's in this like billionaire's house. Oh yes, I'm Blair from Living Floors. <laughs> <laughs> So on that bombshell. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was the outback. What do you think? Fantastic. Yeah. Well, of course, it's dangerous. We all knew it was dangerous, but it's nice to kind of give it some context and mm-hmm. explore the different stories that you know, legendary stories that make it dangerous. Yeah. You know, it's uh, interesting, man. Thank you very much. All right. All right. So the best bit about this now is it's your turn next week. So what is this? This is the third episode of this, is it? Yeah, so are we going to do one more and then conclude? or No chance, you're not getting away that easy. No. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'll do mine and then you do yours and then we'll conclude. I'll, I'll have done three. Uh, well, it's your podcast though, isn't it? Yeah. No, <laughs> it's not my podcast. <laughs> the only, I suppose mine, the first one was fake, so... Yeah, there we go. We'll we'll have a chat about it. I'll see if I can come up with something else. Try and start researching it a week before, not an hour before. (laughs) That always helps, doesn't it? When you've got a good idea and you kind of... Right, so that's been a pleasure as always, James. Yeah, no, fantastic. Thanks for the effort. Uh, Really enjoyed it. It was interesting, yeah. So it's been the most dangerous podcast, Australia Part 3, The Outback. Night-night. Bye-bye.